think it's time that we set up a studio outside. We're going to have Edge of URC podcast studio outside somehow, some way, because it has been absolutely beautiful the last couple of days, including today. Amazing outside. But Edge of URC podcast is definitely important. So we're inside, we're on the mic, we're talking anything we want to, including sports some craziness going on in Illinois and we got a great guest an Ottawa Marquette graduate Parkland College graduate Tristan Rakes fantastic baseball player and a fantastic interview great time to chat with him since he was just named to the Parkland all-decade team for 2010 through 2019 I was very happy for him and I had to get him on. Had to talk some baseball. Had to catch up with him and see what was going on in his life. So very happy we got to do that and to share it with all of you. Speaking of sharing stuff with all of you, thank you fans, followers, listeners. 600 Facebook page likes. Can't thank you enough for listening to the show, enjoying the show, and coming back to listen to more. Thank you very much. We will continue to do our best to entertain you, to inform you, to make you laugh, hopefully not to make you sad, but to understand things, to get a different perspective, different point of view from either I or my guest. That's what we're here to do. We're human beings. We always learn from each other, entertained by each other. That's what we want to do at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And hopefully we can keep you on the edge of your seat while doing so. Lots of stuff to cover before we get to Tristan Rakes, so let's get into it. First, White Sox are going to be on in about an hour, hour and a half against the Kansas City Royals. 7.05 p.m. is the first pitch. Sox have been on a little up and down roll, 6-4 and four in the last 10. Lost the series, the last series to the Minnesota Twins, 2-1. They're a game behind the Cleveland Indians, 23-14 as the White Sox sit 22-15. and 15, And the Twins are only a game and a half back from the Indians, 22-16. and 16, Which, of course, is a half game behind the Chicago White Sox. So this is a huge start to a four-game series with the Royals. I just want to see the White Sox succeed. I want them to go far to playoff, maybe a World Series. I feel like this is the team to maybe not win a World Series, but to push the envelope to get a winning tradition there so maybe next year maybe the year after maybe even the year after that we see those american league championship games those world series appearances they're young right now so i don't know about this year but they have the opportunity to grow and grow and grow on the other side of the city north side the cubs have been five and five in the last 10 just took the Series against the Pittsburgh Pirates 2-1. They kick off five straight games with the St. Louis Cardinals tomorrow at 7.15 p.m. Tomorrow being September 4th. Today being September 3rd, Thursday. I am your host, Brandon Lachance. Again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for always joining us. I always forget to say my name, so I had to throw it in there real quick. Brandon Lachance, always enjoying some Chicago baseball. I just mentioned the St. Louis Cardinals since the Cubs are going up against them for five straight games. That's a lot of games against one team. I did not mention this in last show or the show before. I jotted down 
and kind of skipped over it, but I cannot skip over it anymore. Albert Pujols is now number three on the RBI all-time list with 2,091. He passed Alex Rodriguez, who had 2,086. Congrats for Albert. Even though, from the Chicago area, we'll say White Sox, probably my one team, Cubs, my two team, not a Cardinals fan. But they're at the bottom of the teams that I like. I'm kind of like, eh, yeah, right, I don't want you to beat the Cubs. I don't want you to beat the White Sox. You know, I hope the Yankees beat you. For some odd reason, I like the Philadelphia Phillies a little bit. Boston Red Sox, I just like to see them win. Same thing with the Yankees. Not championships, but I like when they're successful. I like when they're good teams because I think that is good for baseball. Same thing with the Dodgers, who are on a crazy run right now. Cardinals are behind all them, but above the teams that I do not like. I do not like the Detroit Tigers. I do not like the Minnesota Twins. I do not like the Milwaukee Brewers. The Colorado Rockies, for some odd reason, I've never liked. San Diego Padres, I've never cared for. Florida Marlins. Miami Marlins, whatever they want to go by. Never really been a fan. Houston Astros, even before they cheated to get a World Series, wasn't really a fan. But Albert Pujols has always been one of my favorite players. Maybe not now as he's gotten older, but in his prime and when he was one of the top three to five players in the MLB when he was with the Cardinals, he was absolutely fantastic to watch. Never wanted to miss a game, especially if it was against the Chicago team. Just because I wanted to see what they could do against Albert Pujols because I knew what he was doing against the rest of the league. So to see him put his name in the likes of Alex Rodriguez, who he just passed, Number two on the list is Babe Ruth, who had 2,214 RBI, or the RBI King, Hank Aaron, who had 2,297. To put your name among them, and just RBIs is, I mean, I bet you he doesn't even know what to say. He's got to say the politically correct things because he's still in the MLB, still a name. He's still kind of not as high profile, you know, playing with the Angels in Anaheim, but he is still a name that most baseball fans recognize. And if you don't recognize his name, that's just because you're young. That's all. And I know he's got his name in other lists, top of the list, because he's a great player. He's been a great player for a long time. This is his 20th year in the, in the league. 20 years in the league means you're a good player. You don't just stay in the league, the major league baseball, for 20 years if you're not spectacular. He definitely is. The crazy thing about this list is there are only two players in the top 100, actually the top 118, that are still active. Pulos is 40 years old, still playing, and Miguel Cabrera is 37 years old. He is 24th on the list with 1,714. believe he's been in the league 16 years. After that, the next active player on the all-time RBI list is Robinson Cano at 1,290. Crazy. Shows you that the dudes back in the day either were doing their thing or people were tallying numbers. I'm going to go with option A, that they were doing their thing. That's what I'm going to go with. But that is craziness. Two players now playing are in the top 118 on this list. We have a lot of stuff to get to real quick. Let's get to a sponsor. It is tough starting something new. A new business isn't a smooth startup. A new product or service isn't as easy as riding a bike either. In the digital world, 
Jameson Media Services gives that bike new tires, a comfortable cushion, and even a motor. No pedals needed. Locally owned Jameson Media Services offers business and organizations something extremely important in the technology era, digital marketing solutions. To help your professional endeavor prosper and stay successful, Jameson Media Services designs websites, produces videos, manages social media, and has a license to fly drones for photography and video. You choose a vehicle, a new shiny bike made easy to ride, a drone for flashy stylish vibes, or both. Jameson Media Services paves the road and clears the skies for amazing digital marketing solutions. Call 815-866-9352 to contact owner Brent Jameson. Also, make sure to check out jamesonmediaservices.com. What has been crazy talk among friends and I and Twitter, obviously, is running backs in the NFL. Jacksonville Jaguars wave Leonard Fournette. Vontae Freeman, free, was a Falcon. And he got this team named Chicago Bears, who have been looking for somebody to pick up their running game after some injuries, after some jostling around, Jordan Howard's gone, Montgomery has been beat up after coming in as a rookie, didn't really look that awesome, so why not try to push him just like they're doing with the quarterback situation, bringing in Nick Foles to push Mitchell Trubisky. And I think Foles is going to get that job, to be completely honest with you. Why not pick up a Leonard Fournette? Dude is crazy big, crazy fast for his size, and he's physical. Why not pick him up? In three years with Jacksonville, 17 touchdowns, 2,631 yards, including two seasons over 1,000 yards. Last year, 2019, he had 1,152 yards. We could use that in Chicago. Why not? Receiving. He adds another target. In his three years with Jacksonville, 1,009 yards. 2019, last season, 76 receptions, 522 yards. For an average of 6.9 yards per catch. Why not, Chicago? Why not? That is me trying to be blatantly obvious that Leonard Fournette would be a really good fit with Chicago. Yes, he's got some, I don't know if it's mental issues, I don't know if it's just attitude problem. He has not seemed like a great fit for locker room's teammates. At the same time, you got Raekwon Smith that kind of goes through the same thing and has issues of his own. Maybe he just needs a buddy. Maybe he needs somebody to talk to that goes through some of the same stuff. Why not bring him in? What is the worst that could happen? He doesn't work? So you gave some money to a guy that had talent to see if he could use it on the field? Instead of paying somebody that really probably doesn't have talent that you're just hoping becomes something that you don't know if they're going to be or not. You know what Leonard Fournette is. We know already. Might as well give him a chance. Freeman, I'm not as excited about. Big physical runner. Never really... Wow me. Is he good? Yeah. Not bad. Would you give him a shot too? Yeah, definitely. But if you can get Leonard Fournette and can pick him up, put him on the squad, do it. Get Leonard Fournette. What is really interesting about the situation is with Fournette leaving the Jags, they got room. And they got a guy named James Robinson 
who a lot of people in the Illinois area, especially northern Illinois, know who he is. With Rockford Lutheran, he ran for 9,045 yards and 158 touchdowns to set IHSA records. He goes to ISU. In 2019, he was a football championship subdivision All-American for the Redbirds. He was a three-time first-team member of the Missouri Valley Conference. If you don't know anything about Missouri Valley Conference football, it is tough. Yes, it is not BCS, football, championship, playoffs, not going to go to the Final Four, not going to win a national championship. But football on that level is insanely good, and there are many, many, many NFL players who played in the N. VC, Missouri Valley Conference. It is crazy awesome football. Salukis for four years. Actually, I was there four and a half. Loved it. Loved it. Every single second. Saw a lot of great players come through. Brandon Jacobs, two-time Super Bowl champ with the New York Giants. Interviewed him twice. Joe Flacco, former quarterback of the Ravens. Played there. Not at SIU, but came from Delaware and was playing there. Lots of awesome players have went through there. So he goes undrafted. Jacksonville picks him up. And now he has an opportunity to take a lot of handoffs since Leonard Fournette is gone. I hope he gets his opportunity. I believe James Robinson could shine anywhere. Seen him play in high school. Beast. Haven't seen him in college but I don't think that he stopped trying to be the best that he could be. And if that's the case, no saying what that dude could do. Moving over to basketball NBA. You know I'm going to talk about basketball at some point. First, start with Steve Nash being named the Brooklyn Nets coach. I really don't know how I feel about that. Was he a great player? Yes. Hall of Famer. Two-time MVP. The reason NBA basketball was so fast in the 2000s. Steve Nash pushed the ball, ran the ball as fast and as often as he could. It was amazing, fun to watch. Him and Amari Stoudemire, one of my two favorite players in the NBA during that time. I just don't know how that translates into coaching. Could get fiery at times, but never really loud. Wasn't that crazy vocal, kind of to himself. Never heard of him being like a very vocal Guy. So how are you going to coach a team of players to try to win games and do what you think is the best on the basketball court if you can't portray that to them? It might work in the beginning because you do have a reputation. You are Steve Nash. But at the same time, don't know how that translates into a year or two years. Look at Jason Kidd. Kind of the same resume as Nash. Except Kidd won a title with Dallas Mavericks. Was a rookie of the year has a lot of accolades that we can list forever from the NBA. He didn't last long as a coach at all. One year here, one year there, was with the Bucks, and then bam, you're gone. That could be the same thing with Steve Nash. Would I want to see that? No, I didn't want to see that with Jason Kidd or the other hundreds of people that's happened to. But I could see that happening. He's not really a vocal guy. I feel you have to be vocal, be able to teach people to be a coach. So I'm definitely going to be paying close attention to the Brooklyn Nets to see how Steve Nash does as a coach. 
John Morant got the Rookie of the Year nod for the NBA. Very happy about this. I was hoping, some hope, somewhere, some miracle, that the Chicago Bulls were going to try to trade up in the draft last year and get him instead of Kobe White. Not that I do not like White. Don't get me wrong. I think Kobe White is a good player. Do I think John Morant is better? Yes. Lots better. John Morant won the Rookie of the Year award. 99 first place votes. The only other player to get one vote was Zion Williamson. John Morant ran away with the award. 498 points. Zion didn't even get second, which blows me away. Not that. Zion was better than number two, Kendrick Nunn. But I just thought the way he came in with his name, with the physical ability that he definitely has shown that he has, that they weren't going to vote him number two. I'm cool with the votes. I do think John Morant should be Rookie of the Year. I do think Kendrick Nunn from Miami should be second. I am just surprised that they did it. That's what blew my mind. Nunn got 204 points to Zion's 140. Zion came in third. Kendrick had 56 second place votes while Zion had 37. I am really, really shocked that it went down like that, but I'm happy. Kendrick Nunn is continuously blowing us away. Just a great guard, great player, very smart. Zion is going to get his moments of shine. He is a future MVP if he can stay healthy. He is. He keeps developing his game. He is going to be a future MVP. Just surprised that they did not put Zion over Kendrick. Or even Ja, actually. I'm surprised that he didn't get like the courtesy vote. I'm just glad that the voters saw what is really going on and who really shined this year. So congrats to them for making the right choice. Four on the list was Brandon Clark from Memphis. Memphis got two of the top four rookies on their team. Hopefully that transitions into awesomeness for Memphis. Brandon got 50 points. And then Kobe White with three points was fit. He got three points for the one third place vote that he received. Have some high school sports I want to talk about. But right before we get to the tennis courts and golf courses, let's have a word with another sponsor. Especially in the time of need. It's summer. The end of summer. We have to get the remodels of our homes done as soon as possible before the weather drops real quick or it gets rainy for weeks at a time. This is a time to fix your home, whether it's a light fixture or an entire kitchen remodel with Olson Construction. The family owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty. Olson Construction specializes in roofing, siding, windows and doors, deck designs, remodels, garage additions, and room additions. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson have been in construction for over 10 years and are willing and able to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction, which is fully licensed and insured at 815-910-5982 or contact them on Facebook at the Olson Construction LLC page or via email olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. The LaSalle Peru cross-country team started its season on Wednesday in Caneland. Yes, Caneland won, which, you know, we want the Cavaliers to get their victories. But in the boys' race, LP's Ryan Hartman did win with a first-place finish of 1708. 
And for the Lady Cavaliers, Brianna Pichanowski was the top finisher. Both of them looking awesome. It's early on in the season. Plenty of time to shorten up times and get some team victories. Awesome to see them on the course again. If you were in LaSalle, going by Baker Lake, they're racing against Sandwich as we speak. Might be just wrapping up at the moment. They started after school with a race against Sandwich. LP and Kaylin also met on the girls tennis court on Wednesday. LP got the victory 3-2 to move to 5-1 on the season. The freshman sophomore team is still undefeated at 4-0 as they beat Kaylin 4-1. On the golf course, Hall split its Three Rivers Triangular on Wednesday as Burrow Valley, shout out to the Storm, took third with a 194. Hall had a 186 and Erie Prophetstown won the Triangular with a 174. For Hall, Grant Plim shot a 43, Josh Scary a 45, Rivers Jordan a 49, and Caleb Savage a 49. We talked to Red Devil coach Mason Kimberly and he talked about each one of these four golfers and what they could do during the season. I'm sure he's happy with this and ready to see them improve even more. Ottawa is now 2-0 on the season after they defeated Morris 157-163 Wednesday at Deer Park Golf Course. Three guys shot a 38. Two of them were from Ottawa, Jonathan Cooper and Drake Kaufman. For Morris, Eric Peterson shot a 38 for them to share medalist honors. For Ottawa, the other two scores, Drake Stout at a 40, Nick Angus a 41. And for Morris, Nolan Washbum had a 39, Matt Lawton a 42, and Brennan Johnson a 44. Just about ready to get to Tristan Rakes, but outside of sports, there is a huge deal going on in the Illinois Valley area. Don't know if you've been watching Twitter or listening to news, but on a podcast, serial killer Delmas Colvin, who has been sentenced to life and is in Ohio, after a 22-year spree of just awful, awful, awful crimes, said on a podcast that he had buried one of his victims somewhere in the LaSalle, Peru area where the city limits converge. Then he mentions an abandoned truck wash called Truckle Mat, which has been run down for quite some time, and said it was in that area. Police officers have been there with cadaver dogs. People have been looking everywhere to see if remains could be found. You know, you're from an area that's not a Chicago or a Boston or a New York City or a Miami or Los Angeles, these huge cities where things happen because with that many people, it's hard to not have a couple crazies in the mix. When you're from an area where you could put five towns together and you're still not equaling a quarter of the population of one of those big cities that I just said, Things like this are insane. You watch this on movies or TV shows, or you hear it on radio programs about the cities. You do not think that a town 10 minutes away from you or a town that you live in has a buried body somewhere. Everybody has been talking about this. It is insane. A serial killer who went on a 22 year span of killing, murdering, doing things nobody should ever think about did something here and left evidence or remains, whatever you want to call it, here. Couldn't believe it when I first heard it 
and it's still mind-blowing to even speak about it. Obviously, I hope if there's something there, it's found. Closure to family members. Closure to the prosecutors that know that they did right by putting this dude away. But from what I understand, he confessed. It was just like, hey, I did all these things, put me away. And now he's just adding to it. Podcast, talking about it. Oh, man. It is so crazy. So crazy. I don't even know what to say. That's how crazy it is. Only thing you want in your hometown, whether it is one of those big cities or a little town or anywhere in between, is for people to be safe. Thank God he's put away. Hopefully there's not another guy lurking in the shadows trying to be like him. It is not a good look. It is not the way to go. We all need to be safe and not having police officers use cadaver dogs looking for bodies when there's so many other things that they need to do with their time and so many other things we all need to do with our time. Please be safe and do not hurt others. Well, because Mr. Colvin kind of left me lost for words, this is a perfect time to kick it to Tristan Rakes. Like I said in the intro of the intro, great chat, great guy, great baseball player. It was a pleasure to have an opportunity to speak with him again. We will be back on Friday, which is tomorrow, with Jimmy D'Angelo. Had him on not too long ago. Played baseball for Hall, helped them win a championship in 2018. Went to Parkland College. Only got a few games in. I think it was 13. They canceled the season because of COVID. And now he's off to another team. He's going to play with Southwestern Illinois College. And a guy we just had on a couple weeks ago, Dave Garsha, as the head coach. So I had to get him back on, see what made him change his mind about Parkland, go to a different school, to a different baseball program. That will be on Friday, tomorrow. So please come back. Until then, peace. Going through Twitter as usual, or per usual, believe I do it all day, every day. And I saw this interesting post from Parkland with an all-decade baseball team. I'm looking through the names. Didn't think I recognized any. And then I looked again. I'm like, oh, I know that guy. I've talked to him before. Of course, I'm talking about Tristan Rakes, Ottawa native, graduated from Marquette, joining me today. What's going on, Tristan? Hey, how are you? Uh, I just want to say appreciate it. Thanks for having me on here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Definitely. We like to have fun here at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And obviously, you being a baseball guy, you're pretty much entire life. You like to have some fun on the field. Yes, very true, yes. And it showed Marquette. We did a lot of stories together. You won a player of the year for the local newspaper. You go on to Parkland, have a pretty dynamic career there. All-decade team. So just how does that feel to you to be on this all-decade team? Uh, well, obviously, huge honor. I didn't even know there was a such thing as that. And, uh, you know, just with, you know, going through, you know, Heartland and not working out there and, you know, kind of bouncing around, not really sure if I was going to be playing, getting that opportunity from Dave Garcia come to Parkland and finally had a chance to really dive into it and really start my college career. And just so grateful for that. And, you know, I wouldn't be on this team if it wasn't for that opportunity. So, I mean, it's just a huge honor. Definitely. And when I say all-decade team, I mean 2010 to 2019. It was a shortstop for four years somehow. So a shortstop for Marquette, then you go to Parkland. Where were you there? Uh, second base, both years, which was a nice little, much much easier throw and a lot easier position. 
mentally and uh, physically, so couldn't complain there. Which position did you like better, shortstop or second base? I know when you're talking baseball, baseball players love to play baseball, but there had to be pros and cons of both. I think without a doubt, uh, second base. I was ecstatic when I was uh, thrown over there. And, you know, played your Falker too a little bit, but definitely second base, hands down. And the last time I spoke with you, I think was for a story about Dave Garsha and the success that had been going on at Parkland, going to World Series and, and things like that. By the way, Dave Garsha is a friend of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I had him on just a couple weeks ago. Oh, great. I'm going to have to listen to that one. It was a great talk. He's a good dude, and I, I know you know that. Great guy, yes. But when I talked to you and him for that story, I remember, like, the list of players that he had from the area, Illinois Valley, you know, Ottawa, LaSalle, this area. When he said your name, it was like, I got this guy here, and I was so happy that he got to play for me, and it's been fantastic. And it sounds like you guys had that relationship where you really enjoyed playing for him, and he enjoyed having you there. Yeah, I mean, uh, we had a very... I would say business casual relationship. I mean, we weren't, you know, there's obviously mutual respect, but I mean, I wasn't in the office, you know, messing around and joking around with him. I mean, we would just, he'd do his job, I'd do my job, and, you know, we'd kind of just, you know, live our lives. We were tight, but it was just kind of a different type of, different type of tight, you know what I mean? So, I mean, we didn't, we didn't have to talk all the time and talk about, you know, the upcoming games or whatever. We would just go about our business, do what we got to do, and uh, go from there. I kind of go that way anyways as my personality so I think he realized that and we kind of just uh, I mean we worked well together and I mean yeah I mean, he's a great coach and a great guy so I think he realized that you were a perform or lead by example instead of by talk like you did what you did on the field and that worked for him yeah 100% I mean I've, I've never been uh, the you know rah rah guy get the team jacked up type of guys or you know I'm not Obviously, you know, supported for my teammates, you know, and, you know, some handshakes here and there, but never was I, you know, trying to motivate the team or, like, you know, say, this is the game, you know, I just let whoever else wanted to do that, they could do that, that's fine. And I, yeah, I would just I'd go out there and play and do what I could physically to help the team win. What are some of your favorite moments at Parkland while you were there? Oh, man. I'm going to make you dig into the memory bank. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. My short memory is terrible. I'm going to have to think here. Uh, let's see. Well, I would say going to the World Series both years was pretty special to me. Those two teams were phenomenal. And a bunch of great guys. Everybody was on the same page. That was an absolute blast both years. And then just making it down there. Coming to second. That second year was just, you know, obviously you want to win it all. But, you know, but second is okay, I guess, sometimes. So that's a huge one. I'd say beating the record for home runs all the time. That was a very proud and um, special moment for me as well. And I would say, I don't know, just just that atmosphere with everybody and how everybody's, you know, kind of on the same page and everything and just the chemistry between the coaches and team. That's something I can take away from that. And very nice, just you know, going to have lifelong friends with guys on, that, on both teams. So, I mean, those are very special moments for me. When I saw that you took the home run record, I was... Surprised, but not. Like, I know you're a great baseball player and definitely know what you're doing. But when you look at you, you didn't, at least at that time, didn't necessarily look like a home run hitter. And then you took the record. I'm like, wow, you know, fantastic for him. Through high school and stuff, I was more of like a, just a game was pretty much speed and athletic ability. And, I mean, I had some some power, I guess. And then throughout the years, the power attribute just went through the roof. And, you know, 
that kind of became more of my instead of stealing bases, I was you know hitting home runs, and you know instead of it, the whole my whole dynamic of the, how I played kind of changed really out of nowhere. I would much rather hit some home runs than uh, steal some bags. If, uh, if I'm being honest, is it kind of less work? Less work, and I just you know I'd rather save my energy instead of trying to burn around the bases every now and then. So yeah, and the guys I hate home runs, they're kind of. You know, more known. Those are the guys that people are like, hey, he was a great player. He had, over, he had a lot of home runs. Yeah, I mean, that's, I didn't want to say that, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I agree with that. That's all right. I'll say it for you, Tristan. I got you. Thank you. Yeah, anytime, anytime. So what year did you graduate from Parkland? Uh, that was uh, 2018, I believe, 2018, yeah. So what have you been doing since your days with the Cobras? I ended up getting a scholarship at uh, Faulkner University in Montgomery, Alabama. Went there for, uh, well, not too, well, a full year. And then uh, this past year, we obviously had the old COVID-19. So that was cut short. I've had some extra, pretty extreme lower back issues that have kind of sidelined me pretty much both of those years. And um, I'm still kind of dealing with those a little bit. So honestly, I'm not doing anything right now. I'm just kind of, you know, relaxing, working out, playing some golf. I'm just living like an 80-year-old man in a 23-year-old body right now. So that's kind of where I'm at today. There is nothing wrong with that. I've been an old man since I was 16. It happens. That's just kind of how it is. I'm just an old soul, I guess you could say. There you go. Did you originally go down to Faulkner to play baseball, or was it just for schooling? No, it's for, it's for baseball. So you were sidelined for most of your stay down there? Yeah, I heard my first had the injury in uh, the fall down there during our little fall season. And then it just snowballed from there. I was never able to really fully shake it off and get over it. So, I mean, that kind of hindered and lingered around for pretty much that entire year. I was kind of in and out. Had some, you know, got some games in. Played, played well, I guess, for, you know, the limited time I was able to, you know, be in action. But, uh, yeah, that that was just uh, pretty unfortunate. And then kind of got over it again that summer after that and then went back down there last year. It just just kept popping up, and I kind of just had to make a decision to where do I, you know, sacrifice, you know, future health for baseball, or should I, you know, just kind of, you know, focus on, you know, my body, my health, and kind of, you know, look at the bigger picture here, which wasn't easy to do, but, you know, I think, uh, well, I haven't had pain in a while now, so I, I would say I made the right decision. Back pain is no joke. No, no, I've never felt anything like that in my life, and I just never want to feel that type of pain again I kind of had to just you know look in the mirror and you know make a pretty difficult decision now was it a play or something that had started it or made it happen or did it just kind of you know over the years kind of build and then all of a sudden it just was intense pain I pretty much know everything about lower backs at this point because I've been everywhere seeing everybody the whole deal so what it was uh, I'll keep this short well, it was a play that, that started it, that really started it, but going and getting x-rays after that and, you know, kind of going through MRIs, the whole deal, it was progressing, and I just didn't have, which is what it is, is my, my two lowest discs pretty worn down and thin, so there's not a whole lot of room for not much cushion down there, so what the play was, I it was just a, we were warming up before one of our scrimmages, just taking fungos, and, um, I jumped for a ball, and I, when I landed, I kind of landed on my heels. Excruciating pain, and I go, all right, well, I'm done for at least today. So, and then ended up figuring out that a disc popped through, 
seeing kind of those x-rays was like wow that was bound to happen at any point in time so it was kind of a progressive thing uh just wear and tear Definitely, and that happens in sports. I mean, years and years and years, and then all of a sudden, just one play. could be even a routine play, a routine body movement that you did every day for 10, 15 years, and then that one time, it just goes. Right, and yeah, I mean, that was, and that's what it kind of was turning into, to where every time I did aggravate it or hurt it, I wasn't lifting, you know, 500 pounds. I was bending down to pick something up or, you know, some, like, just some so, an everyday movement. Even if I wasn't on the, I, I heard it when I even wasn't on the field. Like, I would be, you know, picking something up in my apartment or something, and I'd be down for, you know, hours. So it just, it kind of turned into, you know, I can't even live my everyday life without hurting myself. So, um, really had to buckle down and get that worked out. And when somebody, you know, tries to make fun of you, that you're an old man at the age of 23, you'd be like, listen, dude, this is what happened. I was using a bat around my apartment as a cane for a while, you know, so I was like, I might as well be 75 right now. <laughs> There's been some jokes about it and stuff, but it's all fun. Definitely, definitely. long as you're healthy and, you know, living and, you know, getting through life, that's all that really matters. Yeah, I'm happy to say that uh, I'm in a decent, decent spot, decent headspace with it all, so would definitely rather be, you know, feeling how I am now, healthy, physically healthy and all that, than, you know, constantly trying to overcome something. That's a serious injury. I don't want to sit there on the bench and just watch and then come play a couple games and that hurt again, you know, so just a mess. But, you know, it's over and done with. And I'm mean, happy that, you know, I've been pain-free for almost a year now, so. Awesome, man. So did you graduate from Faulkner? Did you get a degree? I only have a few classes left that are, I'll be finishing those up online. Um, to get my bachelor's from there. So, because this is all that COVID stuff ruined it. And yeah, we finishing up online and um, get the bachelor's degree. COVID ruined everything. That's just a rabbit hole that I could dive in. And we're not, this conversation will be 10 hours. But it really, yeah, I don't know. It just, I don't, I still don't even understand what it is. You know, just hearing so many different, you know, people's opinion on it. And it's just, you just believe what you want to believe, I guess. That's kind of how I do it. Yeah, there's so many different ways to look at it. Some people think it's just a farce for politics, and there's so many different things. Right, and yeah, I mean, I try to just do one of my basic skill sets of being clean and just go on with it. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I try not to get really anything else with it because it's, that's a never-ending argument you're going to have with somebody. So it's just a waste of time. Definitely, and I feel like even myself, I have went through the whole, I guess, range of different feelings about it. At first, I was like, oh man, like I'm not going to be around people, or if I am, I'm distancing myself, like super serious about this virus and thinking it was going to take over the world and we were all doomed and things like that, and then slowly, like, not saying it didn't matter, but I could... I could see myself letting off, like I shook a couple people's hands, and you know I used sanitizer and stuff afterwards, but you could see it laying it off, and then it kind of got serious again, and all this other stuff, so I even went through the different range of emotions, personally, about how to deal and what I thought about this. Right, and it was, I was kind of in the same boat, too, I mean, I'm a, I'm a hypochondriac anyways, I think I'm sick and dying all the time for no reason, right when this was hit, and I go, you know, I start just going pure negative and I'm like I'm gonna get it I'm gonna be the one of the guys that dies from you know what I mean yeah you know, I was like if I'm thinking this isn't that big of a deal then maybe it's really not I mean I'm not going out and you know 
freaking toilet seats or anything like that, but, you know, just a big handshake or, you know, seeing people, I mean, it's not, you know, I stopped, pumped the brakes on it and really was like, eh, you live my pretty much everyday life and not have to worry about dying from this thing, so, yeah. What I took out of that whole thing is, were you licking toilet seats before COVID became a thing? No, I saw that somebody did, that was like a video, and somebody did that, and then, Obviously, if you're not going to get the virus, you're going to get something from doing that. I mean, I don't know why you do that anyways, but I was like, this, people are nuts. And uh, definitely, I would never even, you can pay, you pay me millions of dollars, I wouldn't even come close to doing that. That is the nastiest, craziest thing I've ever heard of. Oh, it's terrible. And I, I saw the video and I just was just pure, just disgust. Yeah, I'm kind of disgusted with us talking about it. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> so we were talking about you, you know, finishing up classes online. What are you going to get that bachelor's degree in? We're going to be doing, um, well, it's uh, interdisciplinary studies. So um, it's kind of a dual major deal. You, you can actually, I think you can go up to like maybe three um, different things you can do. But I'm, I'm going into uh, criminal justice and psychology. So it kind of just gives you a uh, kind of like a broader look on things, and uh, to where you're not really, I'm not, I wouldn't necessarily be stuck on. I got to come to Australia, go be a cop or something like that. I can do, you know, like with the psychology, I could branch out into, you know, other, you know, areas and that, and can maybe, you know, form them together and, you know, find something in that area. But I don't know if I want to be a cop with this, uh, with all this stuff going on either. So you know. Yeah, so it just kind of gets you a broader, uh, you know, outlook on, um, you know, possible uh, career fields that you can go into. Yeah, because not only are we going through a pandemic, we are also going through almost a, I'm not going to say civil war, but, you know, kind right. of the steps right before it. Right, I agree with that, and that's uh, whatever else uh, this year can throw at us. I mean, it's getting thrown at us, so it's crazy times we got going on here. I think there's a hurricane hitting Texas as we speak. I'm not even surprised to hear that. Almost a given at this point. Just any other tragedy that can come our way, it's going to come our way. We had a what they called a derecho in the beginning of this month in Illinois. Crazy windstorm. There was trees down everywhere. Spring Valley, Mendota, Ottawa, LaSalle, yeah. Princeton. Everywhere got hit with crazy winds. I actually wrecked my mom's car from that. I hit a, I got a log in the middle of the road and just blew out the tires. So I am well aware of the windstorm. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're cleared up now, thank God. But, yeah, the roads for a while were just, there was just trees, branches, sticks, everything just lined up on the, on the roads. It was like a movie. It was crazy. Yeah. I don't know if it was the weather people or media, but they called it a derecho instead of a windstorm. So it, it had its own special name. I would definitely go with something more than a windstorm because that, that was pretty severe. That was crazy. So, with you saying that you are back in Ottawa or in Illinois? Yes, I am. How's it feel to be back home after uh, being in the Champaign area and then in Alabama? Uh, well, I really liked being home for like a month or two, and then now it's just kind of getting. I just, I gotta I gotta figure something out. Just walk around my house. You know, Dad's at work, Mom's working. <laughs> just walk around the house, just nothing to do, and it's like. Always, always great to be home. Always, I mean, nothing better than, you know, coming home after you know you're away and stuff. And, you know, with Champagne, it's only about hour 50, two hours down the road. So that was always a, you know, I wouldn't come, I wouldn't really miss home that much. You know, you down in Alabama, you know, 
was obviously I couldn't just go home on a weekend if I wanted to. So, you know, getting those the winter breaks, the you know, the Thanksgiving breaks, um the past couple of years being down there was, you know, very, you know, comforting, relaxing thing to do, just take a load off, come home and then um, you know, get back down there. But yeah, I've been home for close to three months now. And it's just like I gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah. You know? I think everybody has that feeling, especially around your age, 23, 24, 25, you have to go back home, and then it's like that. I guess that's how it is for everybody. I think I came home when 23 for like five months, and then, you know, moved out, went somewhere else, changed. Yeah, that the initial feeling when you first get there is awesome, you're back with your family, friends, people, but then you're like... It's almost like you're back in the same life when you were 18 or 17, and you're like, okay, I thought I moved forward. Right, that's uh, that's how I was feeling. I was just like, yeah, I feel like I'm just I'm back in high school right now, and I'm putting on a polo and khakis to walk into Marquette tomorrow morning. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's definitely a. I mean, I can't complain, but it's you know, it's kind of getting it's kind of getting old, and um, I'm ready to you know do something. Yes, I'm not quite sure what that something is, but definitely ready to branch out and you know start living a. We're opening a new chapter up in my life. Sounds good, my friend. Definitely sounds good. Hey, we've had a great conversation. We're already at 25 minutes, so we talk about pizza and cut it off. We're good. This feels like it's been five minutes. Yeah, it's been, the recorder says, uh, almost 26 minutes. 26 minutes right now, yeah. That's, that's how you that's how you have a conversation right there. That's beautiful. <laughs> exactly. I'm leaving that part on for the podcast too. Sure. <laughs> definitely, definitely. All right. Being back in Ottawa, if you're from this area, Bianchi's is a major staple in pizza. And since you're from Bianchi's world, Bianchi's land, we're gonna go with a pizza rankum. Are you ready for this? I think I'm prepared. I'm going to give you four toppings or kinds of pizzas, and you tell me your favorite, so that would be one, all the way through to your least, which would be four. We're gonna, I'm going to give you four. Okay. All right. Obviously, pepperoni is a staple, so we're going to go pepperoni, plain cheese, sausage, or supreme. Oh. Those are your four. Okay. Um, okay. That's, uh, I'm going to try and do this exactly right. So, if I'm my number one, if I'm going pizza, we're going to go Supreme. I like a little everything on there. Don't mind that. Follow that up with just a classic cheese. It's either, I'm just, I don't really have a gray area. I'll either go everything on the pizza or I'm going nothing on it but the sauce and the cheese. And then I'd probably go, probably sausage. And then I think coming in last is the pepperoni. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I like your choice. That's funny. You're like, everything or nothing. There is no middle. It's got to be. It's either I'm in the mood to really, really feast on the whole mess of toppings, or I'll just, I'll just be in the mood for a nice, simple cheese. Because I led into that with Bianchi's, is that your favorite pizza place coming from Ottawa? Uh, I'm going to disappoint some listeners here, but no, it's not. I don't, I don't even know if I like Bianchi's pizza. <laughs> might have to edit this one out, because we might get some... Get some death threats, <laughs> especially in Ottawa. I know it, but no, I just I don't know. I, I'm actually I'm, I like Sam's Pizza. It's, I'm a big Sam's guy. Very good pizza. That's what I'm going with in Ottawa. I'm going with that or Marcel's, either one. Delicious pizza. 
some of my aunts, it's like, I don't know if it's the grease that they just pile on or there's something about it that I just can't really, I can't say I love, I mean, I don't hate it. I don't, I wouldn't not eat it, but I can't say I love my aunties pizza. We are definitely going to get death threats because I kind of agree with you. I, I actually like it. I like Bianchi's Pizza. It's not my favorite, but I like it. But I like Sam's better. One of my favorite parts of going to the Ottawa Girls Basketball Tournament that I went to every year because Ottawa and LaSalle, Peru were in it, was that they had at least two nights where it was Sam's Pizza in the hospitality room. So I loved that. I was like, I'll eat some Sam's and cover some basketball. Absolutely. No, that's the thing. If it was by inches in there, I mean, my the excitement level might not be as high. I don't think. You know? I don't think it would be. No, I don't. I don't know. I mean, my buddies are like I'm nuts for saying that, but I'm sticking to my guns here. I'm just not a fan of it. You know, we're all entitled to have an opinion. <laughs> no, dude, absolutely. <laughs> yes, that's kind of why I said it. We are allowed to our opinions, especially about pizza. Exactly. No, it's not that you know, not that big of a deal. But I'm sure people can make it a big deal so just the way that Americans like to we like to make big deals out of everything I guess so and I'm not even that far off anyway so I do the same thing I, I would make nothing a big deal so I, I have no room to talk me neither <laughs> me neither I do the same thing alright well Tristan definitely appreciate you having a few minutes to talk with Edge of Your Seat Podcast it's always good talking to you and catching up and glad that life after baseball seems to be treating you well yeah, no, yeah, I appreciate having me on here. Um, it was an absolute ball, very, very unique way to go about the podcast, and I love just the, the casual, you know, conversation. I mean, I think that's how they all need to work. So, no, I really appreciate it. I mean, I thank you, and it was uh, great to talk to you too, man. 